Welcome to the Chronify Podcast. This is Ben Miller. Today's episode is about what your experience at work says about how well it aligns with who you are. Before we get to that, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do subscribe. And if you're downright loving it, sign up for Chronify. Now let's get to the episode. Today's episode is titled Headwinds versus Tailwinds, Achieving Career Alignment. We'll start with a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Quote, Whenever a man has come to this mind that there is no church for him but his believing prayer, no constitution but his dealing well and justly with his neighbor, no liberty but his invincible will to do right, then certain aids and allies will promptly appear, for the constitution of the universe is on his side. End quote. When you're at work, do you feel like there are certain aids and allies that just seem to be moving things the right way? If you're in this sort of dream career, you're uncommon. According to an August 2021 report on a finance site called Moneypenny, only 7% of Americans are in their dream career. With those kinds of numbers, it's not exactly shocking that the Great Resignation has changed the labor force so dramatically. I've spoken before about how valuable it is to have meaningful work probably to the point that you're thinking that's what I'm about to do now. But this episode is about something different. It's about alignment. When you're 22 and deciding on what the rest of your life is going to look like, your frontal lobe isn't even completely developed yet. It's not surprising that many of us need to pivot at some point once the neurological dust settles. For me, that meant giving up a job as a trader for a chance to build something new. But was this just a millennial pipe dream? How could I be sure that this wasn't just a typical quarter-life crisis that had me wanting to save the world instead of working for the man? There was a piece of evidence that was there the whole time, hiding in plain sight. It was impossible to evaluate at the time because it only stands out in comparison. It's something I probably wouldn't have even believed if you told me back then. But it was there, and I'll try to tell you about it anyway. My job was excellent. My firm was top-notch. My colleagues were incredibly intelligent and resourceful people. My work was intellectually stimulating, at least at the start. And yet, I couldn't help but feel as if I was swimming upstream. Every little piece of progress in my career, every advancement, every achievement, felt like it was the opposite of effortless. It felt like I was hanging on by the skin of my teeth as the forces of the universe were conspiring to take me down a peg or two. That sounds too dramatic. In reality, I was sitting in a climate-controlled office in a tower that had enough resources to stay lit even when Hurricane Sandy knocked out the power for the bottom half of Manhattan. But the subjective feeling of it was hardscrabble. It was precarious. I was riddled with imposter syndrome, very common for my industry and for my generation. And I was constantly waiting to be found out for one of a million facts that I was supposed to know but didn't. Sitting where I was, I wasn't entirely sure whether the problem was my job or myself. Maybe this role was inherently unfulfilling, but I knew people who seemed to eat, sleep, and breathe finance, so perhaps that wasn't it. Maybe it was me. Maybe I just lacked the gene for being content with what I had. Maybe this imposter syndrome just reflected my deep-seated need to be in control and would follow me wherever I went. What I didn't realize at the time was that I was thinking about this in too much of a Western way. To generalize, the West has a tendency to reduce things to nouns. The problem was my job, or it was myself. The third option, which I hadn't really stopped to entertain, was that it was the relationship between those things that was out of whack. I knew a friend at the time who was only too happy to spend a Saturday morning's remotely logged into a Bloomberg terminal, 
researching companies and trying to understand what investment opportunities might be appealing. In contrast, when I read The Economist, out of a sense of obligation to do so, if I came across an article about Japan, I felt like I had to read it. My work responsibilities at the time included trading options that involved the Japanese yen, so it felt like a dereliction of my duty to skip that piece. For my friend, finance was interesting. He was good at it. And more importantly, there was alignment between his interests and his job. The relationship between the two was in sync. In fairness, that friend wound up saying bye-bye-bye to finance to work in his family business down the line, but for the time being, he was one of the lucky ones who actually enjoyed finance. I, on the other hand, felt like I had to fight tooth and nail to convince myself to learn just enough to be able to do my job well. Motivation didn't come easily. Needless to say, I wound up making the jump to start a company, and the results were fascinating. From that moment on, I never felt like I was working again. Yeah, right. Work still requires effort, but my current work gives me energy, whereas my prior work depleted my energy. Big difference, and that's a key feature of alignment. The subjective feeling in my first career was one of abundant headwinds. The lack of alignment between my nature and my responsibilities made it a constant struggle to stay on the bucking bronco. Now, let's compare that to the experience I've had over the past year. Since Chronify went live 11 months ago, I've had one of the most exhausting periods of my life. The punctuated equilibrium of startup life is an emotional workout, where three weeks of dubious progress is often followed by the most exciting 36 hours in the history of the company. That takes a toll, and if I had any hair left, I'd be losing it now. But the alignment between my work and my interests is excellent, and so my cup is constantly overflowing with a desire to do more. Don't take me wrong, this is no time for a victory lap. Chronify has plenty of ground to cover before it reaches what I want it to be. But the verb of my work is now so enjoyable that the noun of it takes a back seat. On top of that, as I start to engage with my work with an appreciation for the process of working rather than the product, I'm noticing something meaningful in terms of the subjective experience. Those aids and allies that Emerson wrote about seem to be all over the place. In contrast to the headwinds I felt in my old role, there seems to be an inexhaustible string of tailwinds for my entrepreneurial journey. There are two respects in which I see this to be especially true. One source of tailwinds has come from the fact that people have been so supportive of the fact that I'm building something. There's a hunger people have to be involved and helpful. Whether they haven't made their own jump and want to, are currently making their own jump and want to swap war stories, or made their own jump long ago and want to impart wisdom, the rising tide lifts all boats mentality is very powerful and helps to sustain momentum and motivation. The other form of tailwinds is a bit harder to explain. Bear with me. Over the past year, I've had many unexpected and frankly unexpectable strokes of good luck. One year ago, I could not have foreseen all the good fortune that would come my way. Whether it was a great friend, a first investor, the right partnership, a kindred spirit, an advisor, or a team member, the bonuses that have accrued to my choice to change careers have been outstanding. Not only that, but the timing and circumstances have worked out pretty just so. I went from a career that was nothing but friction, and not in a good way, to one where the opposite was true. 
Instead of every point of contact serving as an impediment or a drag on my progress that had to be overcome, my experience in this second career has so far been more akin to those slingshot maneuvers I pretend to understand in sci-fi movies, where the gravity of a planet is used to speed up a spaceship. It's this negative friction that has me convinced that I'm operating more in alignment with the way I'm quote-unquote supposed to be. Does this have spiritual connotations? I don't know. I'm a skeptical guy. But if this isn't purpose, it'll do until purpose gets here. The other part of Emerson's quote implies that this is personal and can be different for all of us. It's not something we can get from some ready-made treatise or how-to manual. We have to figure these things out for ourselves in a way that aligns with who we are. Marcus Aurelius writes, Lift me up and hurl me, wherever you will. My spirit will be gracious to me there, gracious and satisfied, as long as its existence and actions match its nature. End quote. It is that alignment between existence, actions, and nature that we ought to pursue. Having experienced it firsthand, I can tell you it's something that's amazing to the point of being unbelievable to those who have not yet experienced it. Again, not something I would have believed if I hadn't experienced it myself. But I hope to at least make you curious about what form this could take in your life. So ask yourself, is my experience at work one where I constantly feel like I'm being held back? Or one where I often feel like I'm being propelled forward by forces unseen? If it's not the latter, just know that that form does exist. And it's worth your effort to see how you can bring it about.